0: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Surprise! Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or... What do you think it is? Or uh, another website? Yeah, an online portfolio website. Oh, (laughs) fancy term website. (laughs) For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code CFN. Boom, bang, boom. But don't type in boom, bang, boom. No, no, CFN. CFN.
1: I was just giving sound effects for when you type. So when you type, you're going to hear this. Boom, bang, boom. (laughs)
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, episode 207, Comedy Film Nerds.
1: Bang, bang,
0: boom. <laughs> Pre-roll. Do it. Pre-roll. This episode's going to have as many stupid sound effects as possible. <laughs>
1: episode 207. Dun, dun, bah, 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 bah. We can't afford real sound effects. We can't afford free sound effect downloads. Yes,
2: we, we can so we have to make them up. Really, are we that stupid? What's weird is you pre-recorded all of those words and sounds, and then you just play them after. You've still got a sound effects board, but it's just you making those it's noises. Just, it's
1: just me into an old school reel-to-reel tape recorder, it's a Casio. It is. It's a great piece of equipment. Um, this episode is uh, number two hundred seven, and it's going to be going to be very exciting.
0: It's really, really. We got a, a lot of fun movies to talk about actually, yeah. and um, some movies that uh, you may have not seen mm, yet. Little special. Uh, uh, really? A little a little specialness for you coming out. A little, a little specialness. specialness. Yeah, for your ears.
1: A little specialness. That's yeah. vaguely creepy.
0: It is it? Is it? It's like a it's uh-huh. like an audio ear sub.
1: <laughs> no, you made it worse. Uh, really, a little specialness in no, yourself. No. Okay, all right. Now yeah, I'm picturing right. you like wiping down someone's ears. <laughs> That's I'm, I'm I'm really uncomfortable right at this moment.
0: Okay, let's do the pre roll again. No, you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> what Chris is saying is you all have filthy ears, and he's going to clean them. <laughs> That's what.
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what I think that I think you might be right.
1: You dirty-eared weirdos, thanks for living
2: listening to comedy you disgust me. <laughs> you filthy ears. Take those headphones <laughs> out of your ears and what? wipe them. What have you been doing <laughs> with them?
1: Like what is your problem? Do you what? clean anything?
0: Maybe we should kickstart um ear cleaner.
1: <laughs> no, we're not we're done kickstarting, dude. I don't even think I can say that word anymore. I
0: know. No. Um dude. D- yeah. <laughs> but they,
1: they, they, is that the first time you've ever said dude? No. That seemed uncomfortable not. the way you
0: did. No, no, it's uh no.
2: I'm pretty sure he's sung the Bartman a couple of times.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've I've said it a bunch of times. But yeah. I, I think you know what I think we should do? I think we should introduce our guest no. because it's our no, first we're not. time. Here. I
1: think his ears are filthy and yeah. I don't want him I don't want him in you the know any
2: part of his ears I'm very <laughs> you. I made a point of cleaning my ears before I came here, especially, because I know how particular you are. Yeah. You asked me to do the show, I mentioned it to a couple of friends and they're all like I mean, Chris is kind of calm about whatever, but Graham needs you to have. <laughs> Graham will not have any wax or residue. I can't have, in, it. I can't his have it. I can't. I mm-hmm. can't have it,
1: um, folks. That is not somebody doing a Chinese accent. That is um, uh, one of the co-hosts of a podcast that I, you've been on it as well, right? Not
0: yet. it, okay. was, uh, it was a scheduling conflict. Scheduling conflict. We had a hundred podcasts to do. Right. <laughs> That's right. So,
1: uh, but yes, I've been on their podcast with uh, Andy Wood, who's been on this podcast, um, Matt Kirshen from the UK, and the Probably Science podcast. Welcome. Hey. Welcome his clean, sparkling ears yes.
2: into this episode 207. The rest of me is disgusting, but yeah. my ears are <laughs> spotless. It's
1: really weird. He came you, in covered in filth, except shiny ears.
2: You could eat your dinner off my ears. <laughs> yeah. And you could find your dinner on the rest of me, because I am filthy. I am, I'm.
1: Yes, folks. That's our episode. This is what it's all about. Um,
0: We've got a lot to talk about today. One of the things we wanted to we get really started though? on... We, we do. We do. <laughs> no, I, I, we do. We got do to talk. We talk about the K-word. And uh, one of the things we <laughs> want to mention is that we want to thank you guys because pre-orders are still coming in. All that money will still go to help us go to more places, pretty mm-hmm. much. We're looking mm-hmm. at... Uh, we got our eye on Australia right now, and maybe Japan. We'll see how much money comes in. We need some more um, money
1: for Japan, for sure. Yes. But, um, it's it's looking good and we're we're working with uh russell there and the mine in western australia where he sent us i go what what city is it near and he just sent coordinates
0: so yeah, yeah that's when you <laughs> know <laughs> you're in the middle of nowhere <laughs> when you going, need coordinates. we're
1: going to
2: a like, court oh, when find it from a plane yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, here's it, where you need to bail out you got a parachute <laughs> hope so like i guess we're gonna i don't to know bring, why i made him like an old timey prospector guy there yeah. he's australian
1: he really is an old western american <laughs> yeah. guy who's working in a mine hey how are you laddie
0: um these diamonds look delicious. <laughs> Wait, he's a diamond miner? Yeah. and he re- eats them. He's so. a diamond eating Western
1: prospector in in the middle of Australia. Yes. Okay,
0: who rides a kangaroo? <laughs> and he's got clean ears. Yes. Let's hope. Any time travels? Any time? So, okay, now- it's
1: gonna be an
2: amazing documentary. Wha- uh- <laughs> are, you, are you going to the UK at all on your
0: on your travels?
1: You know, I would love to. We obviously have a lot of fans in the UK. I don't know
0: if. We're not sure if we're going to be able to get I out don't there. Think, I don't know. We're, we're, it's a
1: money thing, mm-hmm. so we're barely going to get to We need Australia.
0: another half million dollars right. to go all the places we want if you, to go. If
2: you, the one thing I will say, and this is uh, we're getting into dull logistics now, but look into round-the-world tickets, because I've done that before. As someone who now lives in America but spent a long time with a place still in London, um, twice I've done a round-the-world ticket because I had some shows in Australia and Sydney. So I went, um, you can get a ticket that kind of goes... Uh, well, from London is how I did it, but it went London to Singapore because there's some shows mm-hmm. there. So, I, but you could stop off in Japan instead, and then on to Australia, and then back round to LA.
1: What was the cost? And then of that back ticket?
2: home, it was substantially cheaper than buying the individual tickets. Like it was, um, uh, I, can't, I think it worked out around like fifteen hundred to two thousand pounds, which is about three thousand dollars or so.
1: That's because right now, a plane ticket to Australia from LA is about 1400 bucks.
2: Right. So, for not that much more, you can go because, particularly from London to Australia, that's pretty much opposite ends of the world. So, you can, there's not much in it. It's a bit quicker to go via Asia, but there's not much in it whether you go via Asia or whether you go via the US Mm. uh, because it's pretty much the same, like it's either way around the world. So, Mm. they sell these tickets. think british airways paired with Qantas does one i think there's a star alliance one as well
0: yeah yeah. right right Um, all right so that
2: might be i don't know look at this matt kirsten with some travel tips
0: world traveling world
1: travel some Mm -hmm. clean air travel tips
0: that's pretty impressive now did you have to um like when you travel all over the world is it like different logistically where you've got to like do you've got to figure out do you need shots for certain places do you need to like shots in any
2: western countries well that's yeah i mean there's a chris has never traveled much (laughs) I chanced it in. Where are you going to Africa? Um, a few, I've never been played? to Africa, but there's, there's quite a few shows. There's quite a few different comedy shows around Asia. Mm-hmm. But um, most of the ones, Indonesia, I gigged in and I just chanced it. I think there are some bits of Indonesia you probably need to have malaria tablets. But um, uh, See, like Singapore is. <laughs> All right. Singapore, you're pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Singapore, Sorry. <laughs> Singapore's very safe. So um, yeah, in every sense, it's what, almost too safe. What's it's the, yeah, it's so. the cleanest safest. The, it's like it's like Switzerland in the tropics. It's <laughs> just a, it's a bit too clean, and you're wondering what they're doing. <laughs> like I don't, I don't trust this. <laughs> well, we know what they're doing in
1: Singapore. They're beating the shit out of people who spit on the sidewalk. Um, yep, that's about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. What um, uh, what's the craziest place you perform like? What like have you gone like into small areas like in some of these remote locations?
2: Oh uh, I've okay. never done that I've got some friends Who've done the Australian tour Where they end up In some of these mining towns With just coordinates And those are mm-hmm. pretty crazy I've got to gig in In the Far East I've got to gig in the Middle East um, Bali was fun But that's still pretty populated It's quite a tourist again, area and, and, Jakarta was kind of crazy mm-hmm. Jakarta But wow. Jakarta's still a massive Massive city Right, right. Um, Now most of these gigs You're
1: doing Are is it all basically Just like English and American expats Basically it's, A it's lot English of them are across, um,
2: right? Yeah it's, it's all I mean it's A lot of them are but there's um there's a few gigs that i've done where like some of the ones in the in like singapore there's a few nicer ones where they've where there's a real mix of some of the locals and some of the so there are the expats but there's also native singaporeans and chinese people and malaysians and uh yeah singapore is a
1: big melting pot singapore yes asian melting pot
2: it's it's everything and you can even like you can go down streets where like you turn a corner and this is like this is the malaysian community and Mm -hmm. this is the indonesian community and then this is uh, the, the Thai, Indian. and this is Indian. Yeah, there's a mm-hmm. lot of people from like, India and Pakistan, and it's it's pretty cool for that. Um, uh, and then I've done some shows. I kicked in Finland, where I was the only English speaker on the bill. Well, I mean, the entire audience was spoke English well enough to understand my set, mm-hmm. but all the other comics on the bill were speaking in Finnish. It was in Helsinki. Wow.
1: So let me ask you this now, because I've heard this. I mean, I've, I've uh, the only international shows I've ever done... I mean, obviously, I do, I've done American military bases, right, which is so, not the same.
2: No, because you're at that sort of it's a bit of America that's been transported yeah, to another part right. of the world.
1: But it was when I did Australia a year and a half ago, which was, which was great. And, yeah. and, I mean, Australians are obviously I, – I felt like Australia was like more – their culture overlapped American culture even more so than the UK in e, some senses. You know? Yeah, I'd say so. It feels, it feels like a in, – in, like It feels like California. You feel like you're in California. There's a lot of, of,
2: um, you know what? The only time, the only time I've ever found difficult to switch between driving on the right-hand side and the left-hand side of the road, because like people ask me about that Mm -hmm. and I, I don't find that tricky at all because Britain looks really distinctively British. So I go, okay, well now I'm in British mode and then America looks really American. But the two times I've gone from Britain to Australia to America, Right. And Sydney looks so much like L.A. in terms of... Yeah. Uh, and Melbourne t- looks like San Francisco. Right. Melbourne, San Francisco, Sydney's L.A. in terms yeah. of, like, in terms of like the, the plants and the streets and the building mm-hmm. and the architecture. But Australia drives on the same side of the road as Britain. So going from Britain to Australia and, ju- and kind of going, oh, no, don't adjust, and then Australia to America where I did have to adjust but it looked like I was going from the same place. it screwed me up. It, I, yeah, I found that crazy,
1: but I want I want to ask you this going back to the the show in, in in Helsinki. Yeah. Did they did you find that like you were getting laughs at different places because of their obviously they they, they understand English, but they don't yeah. it's not it's their second language and then any sort of slang or colloquial terms you're using Yeah, and just... I've
2: had, I've had that a couple of other times as well where I've done shows in Holland like in the Netherlands uh I've done an uh, in Germany, um, again, to mostly native crowd, so not not English as the first language. But you know what I like about it? When when you're doing that, you suddenly become really conscious of everything you're saying. So some bits of material that you might have been doing for, you know, sometimes you get into a bit of a rut with jokes. I've been doing this joke for a year now, so I can do it with my eyes closed, mm-hmm. you know, you. Find yourself sometimes going on a bit autopilot. You're yeah. doing those words, but your brain is thinking about the next thing you're going to do, mm-hmm. or, and you're not really in the moment. But when you're having to re communicate those ideas to to a foreign audience, so you're really thinking about what it is you're saying. It uh, makes you because, because you're not. You, it's like what you have to do here in this country, right? yeah exactly a little you bit, guys did, did you understand a word of what yes. i yeah. I don't know what he's talking about at all folks i know his ears just, are clean yeah i've just been hypnotized by yeah. clean ears <laughs> Yeah, they are They're sparkling it's weird <laughs> I, I think i i think i overcleaned. i yeah. think i i think i went a step too far i never knew that you could do the thing that you get in commercials where like the little bing ding it and, yeah, and a little it. star appears <laughs> and and it is doing that I hope it's not being picked up in the mic because I'm pinging constantly right now.
1: <laughs> well, here's what I want to ask you because I found myself doing this a little bit in Australia. Was um, I would do what you're doing of being more more cognizant of, of not speaking so much in slang. Yeah, because
2: this obviously the slang is different, you know. But I think also um, it's as an American performing in somewhere like Britain or Australia, I think you're it's easier. Than when it comes to slang than, it, uh, than as a Brit perform or an Australian performing in America because we're so steeped in American culture like it, in Britain I'd say maybe maybe about a tenth of our TV maybe a bit less uh, is American but well over 90% of our movies particularly the main, major oh, movies okay. like nearly every film in, in the theaters in Britain uh, is American so biggest exports, mm-hmm. entertainment. So we, we grow up with all those things. So nearly... So a lot of the slang people get. Yeah, exactly. So I tell, I tell friends of mine who are visiting... who, are, I've chatted to quite a few American comic friends of mine who are performing in the UK for the first time. And they're like, what do I change? How do I do things different? And I tell them, generally don't. Because if you start saying petrol rather than gas in Your American accent, it just sounds weird. <laughs> and they, like it, it sounds odd, and no one will be confused when you say, My yeah, car we'll is out it. of gas. Right. Like no one in Britain is going to be going, well, You're putting a gas in your car? Right. Well, like helium or what? Like everyone will know that you mean, everyone, they do the translation instantly. Right, but in their you head. as a
1: British comic, when you say petrol in your car, Americans are going to go, What the fuck is he talking about?
2: Yeah, and I, well, I've got, I, I used to cha- change everything and translate everything now my rule i like i changed my mind recently where um i was like it sounds kind of strange coming out of my mouth as well if i really obviously use an americanism when the audience knows the british version so what i generally do is if it's in the setup to a joke then i'm i will use the british pronunciation or the, or even the british word and know that they'll have time to work out what i mean and if it's in the punchline to a joke where you really needed to understand instantly because it affects the timing, I'll use, I'll either use the American word or I'll try to rephrase it so I don't have to. Oh, interesting. That's oh, okay. that, and it took me a while to work that out. But I just,
1: that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Well, let's, thing uh,
2: to... let's talk about some movies
0: that we saw. Let's, oh, uh, do been we have a, to? It's been a, <laughs> it's been a very uh, eclectic couple weeks i think yeah. that's being a generous uh, using a generous term But We're slowly uh, ramping into some yeah, summer yeah, movies thank are. god but you know what? not yet the, you know what though the bad movies are lingering they it, are. Feel, it feels like they're. they're they've just been around for a little longer than they should be like they're really overstaying their january february welcome like need for speed yeah <laughs> is that which one you're talking about uh, that's fantastic what a great idea put uh, you know over like a hundred million dollars into a video game franchise that no one cares about anymore and uh, make a movie that will never be as good as any of the Fast and Furious movies, and then put a guy in that's from Breaking Bad that most of the people who played Need for Speed uh, haven't watched.
1: So, it's, it's such a disappointment that Aaron Paul and Dominic Cooper, who are really solid
0: actors, are in this. Yeah, why, why not make it? It's like making a movie about Tetris. <laughs> right now. I mean that's what we're looking at right now. If you made a Tetris movie. Oh, right I'd now. watch the hell out of that. Starring
1: like John Malkovich yeah. and you know what I mean? And then like f- Michael Fassbender.
2: A couple of friends of mine did make, and I'm just gonna plug like I'm plugging a YouTube video on a film on a film <laughs> podcast. But um a guy wrote one guy who I know wrote this uh song that was basically the history of Russia set to the ch- set to the music of Tetris. And then my friend Chris Lindsay, who I've known for a long time and collaborated on a few times with things. Who like I don't know, he's one of those guys with just a weird 3D puzzle forming grey mm. eye brain. Uh and he made this amazing video accompanying it. So I'll plug that. If you just go into go to YouTube, it's it's it got pretty popular. It's I think it's up to a, I think it's in the seven figure hits now. But nice. it's um if you just look for History of Russia Tetris, and it's it, been it, done. Chances are it'll come up. And it stars John Malkovich. Yeah. And it, <laughs>
1: Well, this movie. The, all right, if you go to IMDb, the budget on this is, is uh, estimated at sixty-six million dollars, and they're saying the opening weekend was just under eighteen million. Oh,
0: it, it, when you add up marketing and stuff oh, for Need for Speed, you know it was well high. Over. And it's, now, I'm
2: going to be honest. When I first saw that poster as well, I, I actually just collated that with Fast and Furious. I didn't right, even exactly. realize yeah, it was of the Like it I was. Oh, oh, different thing. Oh, okay. If I didn't know that it was
1: based on a video game, I would have been like – and I'm sure a lot of people who don't know it's based on a video game or, or saw the post or the trailer and went, this is the most horrible neat, uh, uh, Fast and Furious ripoff I've ever seen. Like it just, it just felt like – they felt like some studio executives went get us a get us, get a, us a car picture. get us a car picture get us a fast six. And They
0: had to have said picture. Yeah, they said we need a car picture. We need a
1: car picture. <laughs> get bikinis and cars. Go.
2: Can, can you draw a car? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll get a car. We will get a car. This, I need a car. This, I need a car and one of those photography machines, a camera. That's the one. Make it happen. <laughs> um, and I need it yesterday.
1: This film. Okay, now course, you saw some of it I saw some of it mm-hmm. um, I saw just enough to go yep That's as dumb as I thought it was going to be <laughs> uh, Somebody did post online They're like hey need for speed I think it's uh, our fan Gigi Romero Who's who's like she does a, She works in the film industry in terms of she sets up screenings She goes it wasn't as horrible as I thought So she probably watched more of it Than I did ah, probably.
2: Big you Mama's know, house 2 syndrome Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched it on a plane once There was nothing else on bad film with a few moments of like oh they brought someone good in to punch this up yeah <laughs> yeah. like three or four times I was like and on a plane you go, well oh, thank
1: you for, for taking up two hours of my time. Yeah. Right. If a movie if you can't watch it on a plane, then it is goddamn horrible. Right. If you're like, fuck this, I'd rather read the, the book I already finished. I'm whatever. confined
0: in a small chair and can't move. I can't move. And now I want this entertainment to stop. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's
1: when you know it's horrible. So Need for Speed, is there any reason for it to be in three D? No. Um is there is there somebody out there who's already seen it or will see it or go, that's not that bad, Graham. Okay, you're probably right. And maybe I will watch it on a plane somewhere if we fly to Australia to do the earbuds documentary. I'm sure it'll be one of the seven. hours Yeah, yeah yes. I'll watch it and go, this was fine. But really...
0: Well, let's, Eric, talk, let's, let's talk about the movie that you did see the entire thing of. All right.
1: <laughs> what I did see the entire thing of was Single
0: Moms Club. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I will say this. Let's back up a little bit. How did you end up watching Single Moms Club? How did you end up in a movie theater going, all right, one please for Single
2: Moms Club... (laughs) And go in th- and actually watch the movie. Did you think that you'd actually purchased entry to a real single moms club?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I was hoping. I was hoping there was gonna be all these hot ladies and
2: yeah. I get a single moms ticket yeah. and uh,
1: <laughs> all these hot ladies in their thirties and forties who are so busy with their kids they want to yeah. they want to throw down. You and show I, up mm.
2: in your best sports jacket with a pack of ribbons <laughs> slaps on. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Here it's, we go, ladies. Fish in a barrel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, I seem to be meeting in some side room of a movie theater. Mm, what is going on? And so, <laughs> all right. This is a Tyler Perry film. And we say this,
1: I say this every year that a Tyler Perry movie comes out, which is this movie is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm glad he's I, I saw a lot of these movies, and, and there's plenty of moments in this movie that aren't funny to me, but there are actually some funny moments in this movie. Um the the um Wendy McClendon Covey is is very funny. Um, she's been in a lot of movies playing, you know, she was in Bridesmaids. She was in Reno 911. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah, she's, she's great. She's very funny. Um, and, uh, so she's great. And, and Tyler Perry lets her and let me get the other actress's name. Um, I think it's Coco Brown. Um, yeah. Coco Brown is another funny actress and, and he lets the two of them, um, do a lot of improvising and they come up with some funny stuff and he leaves. And then there's some serious scenes where he lets Amy Smart and me along, you know, be actresses. Um, so there are funny moments in the movie. There's a lot of moments that I thought were very cliched and like predictable, but you know what? The majority of the women in the theater were laughing, having a great time, women of all ethnicities. And so I, I always say this, Hollywood clearly told him, I'm sure years ago, uh, middle-aged black women don't go to movies, so we're not going to buy your thing. And he said, well, you're wrong. They just don't go to your movies. And he set up his own studio, Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta, and he makes his own movies and they all make a profit and they're successful. And I, for that, I always say, God bless you for making these and finding car- carving out a niche audience and telling Hollywood to suck it. And so I give him credit for that. And there was moments that I laughed. I legitimately laughed out loud at this film. So... Yeah, and I just couldn't. I was, I was watched the first 10 minutes of Need for Speed and went, I can't do this. I'm going to go see Single Moms Club.
0: So which, so you actually bought a ticket for Need for Speed? No, I, I was
1: not going to give that movie my money. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give Tyler Perry my money, so I bought a ticket for Single Moms Club. I went to Need for Speed. I pulled one of the 3D glasses out of the used bin, wiped it off with my hand sanitizer because I'm a germaphobe, and then wore it and watched the first 10, 15 minutes, and then when this is stupid, and then went into Single Moms Club right as that movie was starting.
0: Wow. That was All like right. a Rube Goldberg movie-watching experience. <laughs>
1: it was insane. <laughs> and so, you know, did Terry... Did you
2: manage to steal the jewels? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Terry Crews... Because we say on the show Vote with your dollars And I'm not I don't want anyone I don't want to enable The types of people That make need for speed I don't Did you
2: not think When you were sitting in there Was there not a bit of you That thought Well this movie's not for me either But it is for someone or did you just think it's just such a bad example of that genre that even the yes teenage boys who would be all about that kind of film? If, if you want it was to, a cynical money grab, That's it's it's
1: it's, it it's bullshit. Like. If, yeah. if you want this movie, I've I mean, Fast and Furious Six is a blast. Like we we've, we've talked about the last two Fast and Furious movies, yeah. they're dumb, they're big and shiny with ridiculous explosions and car chases, and they're a, they're a they're a blast. They're great entertainment. This need for speed is just. I don't get it at all.
2: Now I, I have a question for you, and I'm, I'm there's a fair chance you've already discussed this on uh, some point in your past 206 episodes, <laughs> In your previous 206. But um, need for speed. Okay, there's already been seven Fast and Furious, so that like that's a cynical money grab. But the many numbers of times that pairs of very similar movies come out, sure, uh, like to disaster movies or to uh-huh. ast- like asteroid hitting Earth movies or uh-huh. whatever. Do you think that's pure coincidence, or do you think there are more cynical forces at work in those ones?
0: There's definitely um, parallel development where things get kind of developed at the same time. There's a number of different factors. One of them is Hollywood incorrectly always chases trends. Right. Like, all right, if one thing is popular, then, well, we need to do that thing. But then you're, like, but, like when, when TV and movies, like, well,
2: we need the next Men in Black. Well, why? The, oh, then you have R.I.P.D. Then yeah. you know it, it it never But that's works. when one comes out straight after the other. But if it hasn't already been a trend yet, like no one knew that all, no one knew Armageddon was going to be a very big success. And was it was it deep impact deep was Deep Impact. Right, right. Was simultaneous? And-
0: yeah, and, and that's that's more parallel development. But the interesting thing is sometimes um one project kills the other project. But if the project is far enough along, they're like, All right, well just let's release it anyway. <sighs> I, and then yeah. the, there was another the, the the one that baffled me the most was the uh the kids switching with adults trend. I mean, there was a ton of those movies that right. all kind of came out at the mm-hmm. same exact time. and it um, so was like Big and then there was like Freaky Friday. Well, there's a,
1: a, a the Western. There was like
0: a Jason Bateman one. There was a... Every,
1: uh, every 15, 20 years,
0: a, Efron one. a Western
1: like, oh, comes what? out that's successful. Right. Then they make a bunch mm-hmm. of shitty ones and Hollywood goes, the Western is dead. Like this this happened, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, And so uh, I think there's a lot of things that, that Chris is talking about. And also sometimes, you know, in the in the sort of Hollywood rumor mill inner circle, it's like so-and-so just sold a uh, a car crash, you know, a, a, a Need oh, for Speed. Oh, we have
0: one of those in turnaround. We should get ours well, going. Well, let's get
1: ours going. Yeah, so right. I, I think that happens a lot because, as Chris said, they chase trends incorrectly.
0: Even when somebody also, else is like doing something even like uh, – Uh, even at random they consider that a trend like well we need to do that too but no that might be the wrong thing why are you
2: doing that (laughs) but then also i like this is the the long time ago former math student in me like i know that seemingly coincidental things happen happen purely by chance a lot like truly random things look non-random right
0: right yeah there's always those coincidences absolutely um,
2: but I, do, but again, I don't know. You know, a hell of a lot more than I do about the mechanisms behind <laughs> I, yeah, all I, these developments. I,
1: yeah, I think there's a lot of that stuff. And and obviously, as we've talked about on this show, because it's it's the old business models are changing very
0: slowly, but they are very they are slowly,
1: changing. and people are breaking stuff out, and and um, you know, and even just like Netflix, what Netflix has done with with house of cards and winning Emmys. Now everyone's sure. trying to come up with their own original content and, and all right. that stuff. I,
2: Amazon's doing it now. And mm-hmm. yes. So, uh, yeah.
0: So, uh, but yeah, but to, to answer your question is there's a couple of those factors going on. I think you're going to start seeing it a little bit less because the purse strings have become tightened, especially for big budget movies. Um, but you also have the old guard still there kind of greenlighting some of these. So we'll, we'll see. And if, uh, but, and
1: if need for speed, I mean, could end up making plenty of money. On DVD. On DVD, on, right. on, on, on whatever else, on international it sales. Seems like the,
2: yeah, and again, it seems like the kind of thing, or well, international particularly, because I, I doubt it's dialogue heavy. No. no. <laughs> like it's, uh, I uh, doubt it suffers from either dubbing or subtitling. Yeah, yeah.
0: Overseas will <laughs> definitely have a life. Uh, the, the problem is, too, it's, and this is unfortunate for these actors, like Aaron Paul's got a lot of cred right now, for being a, a great actor on Breaking Bad and stuff. And what happens is, you know, they get into that Nicolas Cage syndrome. It's like, you've got a lot of really great, not only just talent, but you've got a great resume of really cool, interesting characters. And now, you know, this is the one that
2: they offer you, like a, a car chase movie. You yeah. know, you don't, you want to see But then him he in, probably saw the, the possibility of being in a blockbuster franchise. Sure. Of exactly Exactly, and I can't blame him for that and Yeah, I'm sure yeah.
0: I mean it, it's it's a profile thing it's, I'm sure it's also and I'm, a financial I'm sure, payday right, yeah. I'm sure
1: the payday um, from Need for Speed was bigger than his last yeah. three seasons yeah. of, of Breaking
0: Bad uh, but it'd be nice to see like Hollywood going oh here's you know you're an emerging talent let's give you something <laughs> that you could really sink <laughs> your teeth into yeah and he's in a I mean, Breaking Bad, he's a phenomenal actor. Like, he had yeah. several scenes. He
1: was supposed to die in the first season. Oh, really? And his his acting ability and his character arc, I mean, was was they like, we got to keep this guy in here. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: by the sort of fourth season, he was doing, like, almost every episode, he was doing something that was like, like sort of applauding the TV.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and the last, the last episode, the last season, I mean, that scene where he finally gets, when he gets out and he's in the car and he's like tears in his eyes, like, yeah, he finally, uh, it was just amazing, like, what he's done. I will say this. But I
2: would have liked to have seen that car then accelerate towards a ramp. Yeah, yeah. and then do a flip, and yeah, then, yeah, absolutely.
1: grab
0: a safe in midair, and,
1: yeah. and, just
2: have some kind of dialogue where, like, I need to go fast. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Something.
0: The, yeah, helicopter grabs yeah. it. <laughs> um,
1: I will say this, though, and then we'll move on, but the, I can only blame Hollywood so much when it's just like Hollywood's only giving this and offering him this. And I get that. He probably had five scripts and they were just five different stupid versions of this and his agent or whatever. Do I want to do desire
2: for velocity? Yeah. Yeah. Or (laughs) (laughs) yearning for going fast. (laughs) My
1: my heart wants wind going across my face quickly.
0: Um, Or fast car good. Or
1: or gun titty. Yeah. I will put, but in this day and age, though, it's on him. Do you know what I mean, Zach Braff? I, I always cite him as an example. Obviously, I'm sure when Scrubs was at its zenith, he was offered that just do Scrubs on a movie, Scrubs on this, and Scrubs on a boat, and he said, "I'm going to make Garden State," and and he and he kickstarted, um, you know, he k worded the uh, yeah. he k worded <laughs> his, his new movie. movie, and Aaron Paul could do that. Like I just it always. There's too many examples of artists who get some sort of credibility from doing something great on TV show or whatever and then just sit there and go, oh, the the Hollywood system is broken and this is my only opportunity. Everyone that ever did something big broke out of it and said, I'm not doing this anymore. Matthew McConaughey.
2: I was just about to say he could McConaughey it. But then McConaughey did a lot of trashy movies for a long time. He
1: did a lot of trashy movies for a long time, but then he said, you know, whatever. I'm going to get Dallas Buyers Club and I'm only going to take whatever he took. 65 grand or whatever. And I think Aaron Paul, if I was Aaron, if I was Aaron Paul and I had just done breaking bad, one of the greatest TV shows in the history, like it's gotta be in the top 20 of best TV shows ever. Yep, I wouldn't, I would say, well,
2: I want to do what I want to do. But maybe, well, you know, he still has time. He's done one, he's done one trashy sure. blockbuster. Yeah,
0: exactly. He, there's plenty of time to... to he could easily even to do pull...
2: several more trashy blockbusters yeah. and then do a... He could pull an uh, Affleck.
0: Oscar. He, could, really, yeah, he yeah. could reinvent, absolutely. But you have also, like, Johnny Depp, who's, who was so meticulous about his career every step of the way, every role he mm-hmm. took. And um, then when he blew up Pirates of the Caribbean, it, it turned around. He went... What's so fascinating about crazy. that trajectory is that... You have a carefully curated career, pretty much, from start to finish, ever since uh, 21 Jump Street. You picked the roles, got cool... You know, everything was really cool. Everything was really um, different. And everything was really offbeat to the point where, oh, it's a new Johnny Depp film. You wanted to see it to see what he was going to do. And then... You can't go more 180 than being in a giant Disney blockbuster and have characters walking around a theme park doing your character. Yeah. From there there to there, that's an amazing trajectory. The problem with Johnny Depp's career after that is well, where do you go from there? You know, do you go back to doing these small kind of movies or do you go back or do you continue and just ride the giant uh, blockbuster way, which is unfortunately what he's done and now he's kind of lost. Okay, um, we, we could argue his mind.
1: <laughs> he's out of his fucking mind. Johnny yeah. Depp is out of his well. Let's okay. Let's use this next movie that Matt has seen as an example. Okay, okay. The Hunt, which is starring uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who was the a great villain in Casino Royale. He was, was in saying. Hannibal, the TV series, um, and you know he was done Three Musketeers, and and he's been in Clash of the Titans. So he's sort it of sounds
0: like he would be in like a Girl with a Dragon Tattoo movie somewhere,
1: right? But, but you see here, you see here, like, Clash of the Titans and Casino Royale. He obviously could, and maybe might still continue, and, and obviously with Hannibal, he, as one of those faces and one of those actors of, he could always play a creepy bad guy for the next...
0: Mm-hmm. hundred years. He's
1: like Henry Silva. <laughs> like, he could play that guy for... Michael Shannon. Yeah, exactly, for the, exactly, for the, till the end of time. Yeah. So then he chooses this, well, in in this, very different... Film, so it, Matt. Talks well, about except
2: he's cool. sort of in the film. He plays someone who gets mistaken for a creepy bad guy in a way. In the um, this actually came um, my uh, probably science co-host Jesse Jesse mm-hmm. Case recommended this film. It's on Netflix now. It was nominated for um, best foreign picture mm-hmm. uh, the Academy Awards, and yeah, he plays this kindergarten teacher who is falsely accused of uh, molesting one of his kids, mm-hmm. one of the kid, one of the kids mm-hmm. in the class, and there's no spoiler when i tell you falsely accused because the, the movie makes it absolutely clear right from the beginning okay. there's no like did he didn't he you just see the thing play out in all its horror as a kid who says something stupid mm-hmm. then gets gets it gets twisted and the and the kid's stuck in this not even lie just or actually wasn't a, is a lie but like the kid gets stuck in the situation and the parents and the other people in the community start to latch on to it and expand it. And you just watch it play out and it's, it's wonderful. It's a really,
1: well, let's go into, uh, let's go into his performance. Obviously, um, as you say, he's, he's because he looks, and this is perfect casting and, and good acting go into his performance. Um, and how he brought this, 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 He's basically an average guy who's thrown into this awful set of yeah circumstances. and and
2: he he isn't um his performance all the way through like is is non creepy like he's mm-hmm. the nice guy in the community mm-hmm. uh he he plays it perfectly like he keeps the ray or the anger at this, and the frustration just below the surface uh all the way through it's it's just it's really nicely done Scandinavian film.
1: Is, is it subtitled or is it... It's subtitled. It's subtitled. Um, so the, the winner in that Best Foreign Language film, the, the, the nominees were Broken Circle Breakdown, the winner was Great Beauty, The, the Hunt, and... Is there
0: a scene with in snow horror. in it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. Does it get said in... I'm sure... There's a lot of hunting. Yeah. There's a lot of different <laughs> hunting scenes. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's almost like it gets used as some kind of metaphor
1: yeah <laughs> um
2: so then um yeah hang on is there there's there's definitely a christmas scene there must be snow then yeah <laughs> It's a couple of weeks now since i saw the film and how did
1: you the the director is called uh, thomas vinterberg uh who has done um i'm not i'm not very familiar with his work he's done a movie called the celebration he's called submarino uh and it's all about love so like um without well look from a from a director's standpoint, how did he convey the visually the tone and the emotion of this film? You just talked about how the lead
2: actor dealt with
1: this and how he conveyed the, the rage and frustration he was going through how did
2: visually did the director do that and the see hunt? these are all the kind of questions that terrify me this feels like, <laughs> this feels like now you six- know how i felt on your podcast yeah. when i was like uh science this <laughs> feels like being 16 again at school <laughs> what, was, uh, what? What was Romeo's motivation to, uh, I don't know. He just, oh. they just wanted to kiss the girl and then they killed each other, themselves. I like math. It's so simple. There's no right answer. Uh. You don't get a ticker across. You get critiqued. Um,
1: okay, you don't have to answer that question. I yeah.
2: You take I, the fit. I do, I, I do wish I'd seen it more recently now, because it was, a good, again, it was a good two couple of weeks ago that... Mm-hmm.
1: But you definitely recommend this film. You think I, it's an excellent movie to, to track? I, down I definitely,
2: and, watch. and it's on it's on Netflix. So mm-hmm. I'd say the vast majority of your listeners can sure probably watch it for free.
1: All right, the Hunt Guys hashtag Work It,
2: um, and then and then uh, tweet me at Matt Kirshen with how the director. <laughs> <laughs> Told the Visual, story visually, visually in a
0: Norwegian fashion. <laughs> is it Norwegian, I think Danish or Danish. Whatever. Uh, um,
2: is it Danish? I think it's Danish. It's, I'm not good on West Scandinavian. Country of origin just, um, for the um, movie. The country of origin is.
1: I'm from Finland. <laughs> Dane, I am.
2: Right. It's the same thing. That was the that was the other weird thing about doing the show in Finnish. Like in with, I had no idea what any of the other comedians has said on the show mm-hmm. up until uh, before my bit. And I had no idea um it was Denmark. It was Denmark. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea when I was about to be introduced. Because oh. <laughs> the MC was like introduced me in Finnish. And he was doing material in between every act. So it wasn't just like, that was him, now now here's the next guy. Um it was so he was just talking in Finnish and the audience was laughing. And every so often his cadence would suggest that I was about to be introduced, <laughs> but then I wasn't. <laughs> so you're like on the side of the stage yeah just it was, like it was, about back, to it was one of those in. ones where there was a curtain so i was behind i was behind the stage and i was like turned to one of the other comics like is he introducing me it's like <laughs> <laughs> i was like no he is doing a joke about soap <laughs> yeah. oh so it is me okay, okay. okay. Right.
1: the top british soap comedian ladies and gentlemen
2: <laughs> one of the finest
1: um <laughs> all right well let's move on to a movie chris you saw Knights of bad yes
0: Knights of Badass. Yes, Asked him this uh Uh, We actually have – we've been hearing about this movie for a while. One of them is when we had Brian Pesain in here. He was talking about it, and he's actually in it. He does a little cameo. And also, um, we had Frank Woodward in here. when We were carrying his movie Men in Suits. One of the um, segments is actually about the creature from Knights of Badassdom. Now, this is the kind of movie that – it's a shame that it kind of has this history to it because it – it it's really a great premise. It's a bunch of D and D larpers who uh, live action role play who go out in the woods, and one of them happens to have like a Necronomicon type book, and actually summons an actual demon that starts killing you know the larpers. But what what is a shame about this movie is is it never really gets to kind of where it wants to go, and one of the reasons is the director got into a fight with the production company. The production company pretty much took the movie, did their own cut. You know, the director never signed off on the cut, so you could see where it's kind of uneven, unbalanced, and you could kind of see where the movie wanted to go, but it never really gets there. But that being said, it's not a complete mess. Like, you would think, oh, this is just a mess, and it's not. You could see kind of... Um, where it wants to go, and also there's some really funny scenes. And the thing that really saves Steve it Steve
1: Zahn's in it, who's.
0: And I was just going to say, the thing that really saves it is the casting. The uh, the everyone in it is really funny, and they you could tell there's some improv there. Every character is a little quirky. There's a lot of nerdy D and D jokes in it that are really fun. And you know, I forgot because this movie has been shot years ago, and it's finally been released. Mm. My first reaction was, Oh, that guy, that actor kind of looks like a younger Steve Zahn. And I said, Oh, no, it's Steve Zahn. It is a <laughs> yeah. it younger, it is, yeah. it is him. Yeah, it's, it's Steve Zahn. <laughs> so, uh, and, but every character, every actor, they do an amazing job. They're all really funny, but where it falls flat is it's, um, the horror doesn't really get too horrific enough. I mean, it's definitely bloody, there's some bloody deaths in it, but it never feels like that part is a horror movie. The comedy is funny, but also they're like, oh, well, that could have been funnier, that could have been funnier. It could have used that punch-up in certain places. Do so, you reckon
2: somewhere a director's cut that's superior is possible, or do you reckon the footage just isn't there?
0: I think it's a rights issue. I think it's like, does the production company kind of control it? Are they even on speaking terms, the director right. and the production company? I don't know. I'd like to see a director's cut of the film but I don't know if it's ever going to happen judging from just the But would the, the footage even
2: be there to make that happen? I don't what point did the That's a great th- question. everything fall apart?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was it was like it wasn't even like one specific place you could go, oh well now it fell apart. It was like all the way through you could kind of see well, I don't know if that was supposed to be there or mm. if this was the way it was supposed to You could sort of see out. the battle? Yeah, you really can. Right. You could see it from literally from shot to shot and cut to cut um but where it's really funny is when you know you've got like the game master that's essentially the dungeon master in D D, but it's, since it's a live larp he's like walking around and he has like this god complex because he's like creating you know that's where you'll be ambushed and um well we'll see if you ever you know get to level 27 wizard like like those kind of weird <laughs> threats that are absolutely hilarious like those kind of uh things and um so there's a lot of really fun characters and performances in the movie, but it never really reaches kind of where it, it needs to go. But it's worth a view. I mean, it's on demand right now, and if you know if you catch it on DVD or when it comes okay. to Netflix, it's definitely worth a view. It just, again, it's like one of those kind of like, oh, it could be a little bit more, but with this kind of weird studio, even like small studio meddling, you right. know, it's, it never really reaches its full potential. I mean, Peter Dinklage is in it from Game of Thrones, and... It's just a fun movie. It, it has like that kind of 80s kind of mm-hmm. feel to it. Um, I've
1: heard so much about it.
0: Yeah we, have. yeah, we all have. I mean, literally from like, you know, t- teasers being shown at Comic-Con years ago. Yeah, and yeah. Now it's finally out. But it, it's, uh, let me, the best way I can describe it is lower your expectations and just watch it like, you know, as a DVD or a rental. And, you know, you're not going to hate it. It's, mm. It definitely has some fun scenes in it.
1: That's a nice quote to put on the deep.
0: Yeah, box. yeah, yeah. You're not going it. to hate it. <laughs> um, all
1: right. Well, let's go into um, you know the sort of the differences between uh, UK
2: films and, and films, from especially
0: because you said something interesting. You said ninety percent of the <laughs> movies that you essentially
2: grew up on were American films. Yeah, like Britain. Britain makes a lot of its own TV. But when it comes to films – And
1: the reason – and we've talked about it a little bit on the show that because the BBC, which is a, is, is publicly funded, yes. right? So a lot of the TV shows uh, – and, and there isn't this American model of we got to get it to six seasons. It's like we're going to do one or two or three seasons or even just six episodes. So it, Yeah,
2: but that's also true um, in Britain. That's even true of the commercial channels as well. Like, ah. ov- obviously, like, ITV and the and Channel 4 and uh, Sky as well, they still, they don't have that same drive. Like, they have more of that model, and obviously, even the BBC, once they have a hit on their hand, will try to get as much out of it as possible. Like, I'm thinking sitcoms like, um, the sitcom Only Fools and Horses ran for forever, and it got retired several times, and then got brought back for a Christmas special <laughs> several times in a row. Um... So they will still kind of do that, but there's there's certainly there's not the get it to 100 episodes and get it into syndication because syndication isn't a thing because most of because we don't have different syndicates we don't have different markets
0: uh. you know the BBC just well, broadcast let's be clear you have syndicates just okay. so you don't have,
2: yeah syndication right <laughs>
1: You're talking about organized crime yeah, is that what yeah, you're talking yeah, about you have the, fir- the yeah. firm I yeah. believe is <laughs> referred to
2: yeah <laughs> we don't have um yeah we don't but we don't have like there isn't uh like the BBC's Manchester affiliate, right, right? They do have like their local stations. And you know, when it, if you're in Manchester after the news, you get, you then get the Manchester news for, for five ten 10 minutes afterwards. Uh-huh. And in London, you get the London one, Liverpool, so on, but you don't, it's not the same. And, um, so there's none of that drive. Is there, and so it, there's just c- lower, there's lower cost to get it going in the first place. And so now, how does that model play out? Because I know, if
1: I'm not mistaken, there's a lot of like part of the lottery, or there is there is uh, government money that funds some feature films. Is that yeah,
2: correct? Yeah, there's um, there's there's a few different things that fund certain movies. There's the Arts Council who will fund things, and the, some of the money from the lottery goes to fund like some of their money goes to fund films, and uh, so then how do you and like, then things and then different companies will invest as well. Like Channel Four makes. Okay because of that model then how would you
1: equate the differences in some of the the UK films versus the American films
2: Well here's what we don't do here's what Britain really can't do is big budget right right Like we there's nothing there are there are some higher budget movies that get made in Britain but you'll never unless you're counting, like, the Bond films, but even those have American money coming in.
0: Right, right. right. They're and not solely British productions. Like, right.
2: the, bon, uh, the Bond films are the only things I could think of that would count as British movies that... Are a huge budget. That ha- are... Harry Potter. Uh, again, yeah, I guess that... But again, that was... That was, yeah, an American studio. <laughs> an American <laughs> studio, but... But uh, British source material British source <laughs> material And they'll film You know They'll film things in Britain The Star Wars course, movie, Star yeah. Wars is being filmed in Britain And the uh, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy They filmed a lot of it in London mm-hmm. um, But There's but
1: Shepparton Studios Which is like world famous in terms Yeah of And there's a, there's a few of those
2: giant studios in Pinewood
0: and, yeah. Yeah. yeah Pinewood's like the huge one Right mm-hmm. is, that, uh, is that right
1: Well I know I remember just Shepparton Was the one that they, they I mean They shot Star Wars. There they shot the original Superman movies. There, like I mean, they've
2: shot. And then there's Ealing Studios that used to make all of the Ealing comedies.
1: So then you're saying, so basically, so a purely British-funded film is just by nature, by the structure of it, is going to be a lower-budget movie.
2: I'd I'd say I'd say that's fair to say for the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is why it tends, you know, they tend to be more character-driven films or quirky comedies or or political comedies. Mm-hmm. I think of, I think the best, or the, certainly the better British films that came out recently, both, uh, it was like In the Loop, which was a spin-off from the BBC series The Thick of It, mm-hmm. which then all, which then became Veep. Right, right. Which is um, Amanda unucci and his team, and then and then his old collaborator, Chris Morris, made Four Lions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, Amanda and Chris, t- between the two of them, were responsible for some of the best British TV comedy of the last 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um and they you know they also spawned Steve Coogan and all the things he did. Right. In uh, fact they just
0: re- uh, Steve and Coogan just had a, another Philomino Alan Partridge was, movie. There was Alan
2: Partridge, yeah. Steve Coogan made the Alan Partridge movie which which he made with Armando. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Peter Bainum was involved but he might have been. Uh maybe not. I think no, that's, I think Peter, out
0: on, on demand right now. Peter
2: would then went on to write Borat and various other things out in Hollywood now. Mm-hmm. Um, well let me ask you this, how much it,
1: compared to American films is is spun off from TV.
2: Not that much. And it's rare when it is that it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh I think the the Partridge film was a rare exception and In the Loop was a rare exception, although they again when they did in the loop, it was definitely a spin off from the thick of it, but they renamed some of the characters and they did it differently. It wasn't mm-hmm. just there was a there's a history um People, in, I think this is across the board in in any country and in any art form, whether it's film, music, comedy, whatever, where every so often someone will write an article going, "Oh, I don't make them like they used to," and they'll right. just cherry pick some of the best artists of the past forty years. And compare it to a random offering of today. Uh, look right. at Need for Speed. That's no Citizen Kane. Well, right. yeah, because yeah. you've just. But when Citizen Kane was coming out, you could yeah. have picked seven was, terrible yeah. films that the was like Beach Blanket Bingo or right. whatever.
1: Like everyone was like, "Oh, Shakespeare was so
2: amazing." Well, yeah, there was. He was the best of his time. Yeah, which is why he's now remembered four hundred yeah. years later as as the greatest writer of the English. Right. Movie. <laughs> yeah. um, I was, I was thinking about that the other day. That whole that whole idea. Yeah, no one
0: that, remembers Christopher Marlowe.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but that whole that whole thing of going like, did Shakespeare write his plays? And people kind of point out various things, like he was from a non he was he wasn't from a wealthy background, and his mm-hmm. his parents weren't educated. And they're going, well, I have to be. It would have to be someone extraordinary to come from that background to write Shakespeare's plays. But it would have to be extraordinary for anyone from any background to write Shakespeare's <laughs> plays. Like, he's the greatest writer in the English language of all time. So whoever did that was extraordinary. Right. It's not weird to think, and also his parents didn't go to school. Right, like, right. How did he overcome that? Well, because he had the best brain ever. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the biggest genius at making words happen of all time. <laughs> like, it's, it, it almost feels like going like, uh, it, it feels like a, going like, oh, the, hey, there's a guy out back. He's uh, he can balance a, a car on his head and juggle five cannonballs at the same time. How did he do? But get this, he's got a slightly bad knee. Yeah, he has a slight. <laughs> <laughs> no way, could someone with a slightly bad knee do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, no, could, it's because anyway. no one can do that. Yeah. Um, well, real quick before we move on, what? Yeah, yeah so that's what I was saying. There was, there was a his- there's a history in Britain, and it's been around for ages of, um, a sitcom gets successful, particularly like a sort of mainstream Mm -hmm. successful. And then they do a terrible spinoff where they send them to a foreign country. (laughs) 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 And and every so often it's turned out well, like the, I I didn't see the in between movie, but that was a great TV series. Mm -hmm. And apparently they did a very good job with the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a long tradition of terrible films like that the on the buses which was a sitcom that ran in britain for ages had holiday on the buses where they went off to spain or something like that and it was awful uh and they had they had the carry on films as well which i don't know if they ever made it to america mm-hmm. but
0: this episode of spiking in the uk by the
2: way yeah <laughs> the carry on movies i remember uh, everything he's talking yeah. about <laughs> the carry on movies get remembered with undue fondness by British people, they are terrible. They are without (laughs) qualification. They are awful. All of them just terrible, like, bawdy comedies. Right. Like, not quite sex comedies, but just all cheeky fun. And they're (laughs) all just rotten. Uh but people in Britain, uh, but you grow up on them, so you're like, Oh love the carry on films do you really <laughs> <laughs> do you really or did you just watch them for a long right so, so it's, there like was a, always it's like a children's serial
1: that, that you think, oh, it's so great, yeah. no it wasn't it just... was
2: always... yeah it's... <laughs> It, there was all, exactly that. So there was always that being made, and at the same time, there were always wonderful films like the Ealing comedies, mm-hmm. you know, all the, the Lady well, well, Killers me, and so on. And let <laughs> me ask
0: you one last question, because um, as growing up, you said most of the movies were American. Most of the, certainly, a lot, most of the, all the
2: blockbusters, like oh, so Generally, when we went when we went to the cinema to watch a film, mm-hmm. now would you, most of the time that was an American film.
0: That when we you would go to the movies, then as a kid or at growing up. Would you be cognizant of like oh well this is an American film this is a British film should we pick the British film over the American film or you just wanted to see what you wanted to see no it, didn't it was matter.
2: it was you wanted to see particularly when you're a kid as well you want to see the thing with the, the, the thing. big shiny poster in yeah, there. yeah right yeah, yeah. Uh, I do remember going to America as as a kid went on a vacation when I was about eight and that was incredibly exciting because the films come out at that back in that at that time they come used on, to come so. out in America. A, a, at least half a year before they came out in Britain. Like there was a massive oh, right, difference. Right, right. Cause this was before mm-hmm. internet piracy and everything. So it was much harder to get pirated copies. Mm-hmm. I remember, and, it, and when he did, it was those ones where someone had managed to somehow hide a camcorder at the back of the thing, and <laughs> you don't you don't see those anymore because everyone has screeners <laughs> that they rip. And but right. remember when you used to get a, mm-hmm. a copy and you would see silhouettes of people walking past yeah, yeah. and murmuring. You can
1: still get those in in Kuwait and Iraq and all, uh. that, all the all, oh, all really? the bases I ever performed at. There's these bazaars, yeah, and that's and still like VHS. Soldiers, <laughs> these soldiers would be like, "Well, I'm gonna kind of watch, you know, Predator Five on." Uh, and they'd buy. Five movies for a buck or
2: something like yep. that, and there's all these. Awful but you'd have to buy a VCR too. Well, no,
1: <laughs> yeah, some more, but there's no, some more DVDs, and it was all. But that. But I remember
2: <laughs> seeing that, and I, and again, and the other thing is, Britain doesn't have the in the age ratings. We didn't have um, PG thirteen as a, as an option. Oh, okay, it was PG or it was thirteen. So I remember watching Batman, uh, like the original. The the Michael Keaton Michael one. Keaton Jack Nicholson one mm-hmm. and I watched that when I was under 10 because my parents took me in and it was and it hadn't it wasn't even going to come out in Britain for another half a year and even then I wouldn't have been like, none of right. my friends would be able to see it because we were under age we'd have to wait until it came out on like, either VHS or on or on TV like a year and a half later mm-hmm. so that was yeah that was the, about the coolest thing I ever could have done right on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah I saw that uh yeah, you go, your parents might be able to watch it in a, in about a year's time, but uh, you won't be able to. So I just saw Batman. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> pretty amazing. All Very
0: right. cool. Right on, man. So now it is a huge week for uh, DVDs. Now as the Oscar movies become more and more available, Frozen. I would not be surprised if Froven, Frozen actually makes a DVD record or break breaks a DVD record for Blu-ray and also mm-hmm. DVD it's a,
1: as we talked about I really liked it and you know the the soundtrack was great that song won best you know
0: They're, plus guy. Disney they, they so know how to market so there's all these like promotions and all mm-hmm. this stuff where mm-hmm. you know pre-order it and you know
2: the Disney channel is covered with ads <laughs> you mm-hmm. know like it's come on it's, it's gonna presumably be for sale. now. I haven't been to Disneyland recently but I'm sure it's covered in branding <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It,
0: it's gotten beyond that where it's those princesses from Frozen are so popular Uh that um, you have to wait in line to see them with your kids longer than like to wait on rides. Yeah. It's like like it'll be like a ninety minute wait just to see the princesses from Frozen and I was reading an article and said that even like Disney at the parks, they're like, Well we didn't even anticipate that this you know, this movie would be this huge. So it's uh, I like I would not be surprised at all if you read in another week's time, you know, Disney DVD, uh Frozen sets new uh DVD record. So next is uh, American Hustle. It's nice to see Disney finally make good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know they've been struggling for so long. I'm glad the Disney guys are yeah, they, those they, plucky
0: they, young fellows. Yeah, <laughs> they they pulled it together. <laughs> it's finally you know.
1: scraping together a couple of nickels.
0: All they had to do was hire you know uh, I would, can't even say hire by John Lasseter yeah. and his uh, and his company. Right.
1: Um, um all right, American Hustle is coming out. Again, this is one of those movies if you didn't get to see it during the Oscar time,
0: uh, it, uh check it out. Now, I will say though, lower your expectations a little, but it's not I the know. best movie ever. No. It's it's definitely uneven in a many many parts, but it's a it it's definitely a good watch.
1: And then again with uh, Saving Mr. Banks, um I really like this film. It's mm-hmm. it's good Tom Hanks. Um Didn't get nominated. Did now, not get nominated. I'm yet to
2: see that film, but it the concept felt to me like a dvd making of extra feature got out of hand <laughs>
1: you know it it it's worth it it's definitely worth the dvd rental like going into the th- committing two hours to see it in the theater um i went to a press screening i i did like it it's definitely worth a rental or or watching on a plane or something like that like that's it, what,
2: what i planes are when i i do two things on planes when it comes to movie watching and i because again i go back and forth from the uk quite a few times a year uh that's a lot of my film watching time. Sure. But I'll do two things. I'll catch up on new ish releases that I missed out on. And then quite a lot of the ones that have on demand now, there's a sort of backlog of classic movies that they mm-hmm. have on some of them that I've just been uh,
0: catching going, like, up on. Yeah.
2: yeah. And there's, like, there's huge holes in my film watching mm-hmm. uh, backlog, like just vocabulary, or whatever. So I'm just catching up on. Like I hadn't seen The Sting until recently. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I know, right? <laughs> which is which is ridiculous. And that's a I watched it and I was like, Oh well that I'm glad I did that. Mm-hmm. That was an excellent, excellent film.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Saving Mr. Banks, you know, Emma Thompson's great in it too, and um there it it's it's very much like a Hollywood picture, you know, it, mm-hmm. but that, not necessarily in a bad way. It's definitely worth a DVD. It's, it's worth watching.
0: Okay. And, and next one is Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom. I have not seen this movie. Yet.
1: Neither did I. And this is something I will watch mm-hmm. on, on DVD. And
0: I'll be on the lookout for the U2 song. Hello.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um,
0: two of those, uh,
1: two of these movies were Frozen 1 and the U2 song was nominated.
0: Yes. Um. So yeah, it's a good it's a good week mm-hmm. for DVDs. Um, and premiering this week is uh, Muppets Most Wanted. Now I saw the first one and I really liked it. I thought they did an amazing job, mm-hmm. kind of um, revitalizing and uh, uh, the Muppets. Because the thing that was great about it is that they did the the Brady Bunch model, which was fantastic. You took what was great about the Muppets, but then you brought them into modern times. Like you didn't you didn't screw with the formula. This is what you know this is what made these characters popular but now here's where they are now and here's where we are uh now and i thought and jason siegel gets a lot of credit
2: for that he's Mm -hmm. a he's great like he's really everything i've seen him in recently i've just gone um what was it but he wrote it it too i mean he was also behind the scenes putting it together was it bad teacher
0: he was in Bad teacher he was in, yes, that was a uh, terrible movie. I, again, I
2: watched that on a plane. Yeah. I watched that on an Air Canada flight going from, uh, from Toronto to somewhere across the country. And I thought he turned that film into something watchable. Like, he was so charming and likable. And mm, he wasn't so- in
0: it enough to make that film watchable. <laughs> but that's very, um, that's very generous of you.
2: Uh, so is <laughs> is Brett from Fly the Concourse writing the so- the music again for this one?
0: Uh, that I'm not sure of. Um, I know like Tina Fey is in it, and you know, and it also has the feel of like an old school caper movie. You right, know, you've got like uh, the the evil Kermit the Frog, mm-hmm. the double, and you know, there's a heist, and uh, so I think it could I mean, be really. I think it'll be
2: really fun. So, and is is co writing it again as well? Uh,
0: no, he's actually James not involved Nicholas
2: Stoller Yeah, reckon. he's not involved okay, in this well, one James so. Bowen invo- right, co-wrote and directed He also co-wrote uh, the Concords TV series Oh, okay. oh nice Which, so.
1: The David Bowie song is probably one of the funniest songs That's ever been written <laughs> <laughs> The Flight of the Concords Bowie song What's a rock star doing in outer space, Bowie? <laughs> one of the funniest lines that's ever been written In the English language
0: Um So I'm looking forward to it, and it'll. um, Yeah, I
1: like the first one too. I'm excited to see this.
0: So, um, and it'll prevent us from having to see Peabody and Sherman. (laughs) So it'll be good. (laughs) And uh, the next movie is Divergent. And uh, what's the
1: story on this guy who didn't turn his cell phone off?
0: uh, I don't know. That's weird. I don't know who did that. Anyway, uh, Divergent (laughs) is another one of these movies that's really. I hate to say cynical money grab again, but uh, what you're looking at is studios going, well, you know, we haven't really been able to capitalize on this Twilight money again, so why don't we try to capitalize on The Hunger Games and make an, another uh, dystopian okay. type of movie with a, um, you know, a young heroine who has to fight the system, blah 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 So... I don't know But I, I do like um, It's it, the Shaley Shayleen Woodland Shayleen Woodland. Woodland And uh, also It's got actually A pretty decent cast mm-hmm. And uh, somebody else Is in it too Somebody Who plays the Head bad guy Oh boy That's a great question I don't know um, But anyway the, I was watching Aggie The trio. Kate Q is in it Yeah yeah. The, Kate I, Winslet is Kate in Winslet's, it Kate uh, Winslet I think she actually Plays one of the uh, um, The establishment people <laughs> mm-hmm. That's uh, uh, but what it is, is um, it's the kind of thing that... Um, it's the dystopian society where you get put into these different classes. It's like, you know, you take a test and this is where you would fit in. But if you fail the test, which means you're capable of doing all these things at once. Basically, you're in a, um, you're an avatar. You're the last airbender. <laughs> right. So, you, you know, that kind of thing where you're like, you know, what, are you a waterbender? Are you a firebender? Are you an earthbender? Well, no, I can do all of them. But that's crazy. Yeah. We can't have that in our society. So, I'm curious
1: because Neil Berger is the director, and he did um, he did The Illusionist. Um, he also did Limitless and Interview with an Assassin. So I
0: now I, now the other side of this is like wh- I think where you're getting at, Graham. It's possible the studios have learned from these other mistakes and go, you know what? Why don't we just mm-hmm. make a compelling movie, and not worry about chasing this trend or this mm-hmm. other movie? So mm-hmm. it's possible this movie might be good. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm reserving judgment, but I actually um, I, you know I like the cast. And I do like dystopian stories and science fiction, so I am um, cautiously optimistic about this movie.
2: Did you see the Hunger Games movies? Yes. Mm-hmm. What were you? What was your view on those? I'm sure you've well, discussed I've actually, this many times. We right?
0: have. I've actually read all three books. So. I,
2: I also read the books, mm-hmm. and I, I should probably watch the film because I remember reading the books and thinking, I hate her writing style, but the story's good. The story is amazing.
0: The thing that it, it's basically a flipped version of. Um, of Twilight where you have this dopey romance which is the uh, and this love triangle which is the focus of these books and then you add the genre elements in that are ridiculous mm-hmm. whereas uh, Hunger Games flips it where you have a solid sci-fi story and world and then you add the dopey romance and uh, mm-hmm. you know love triangle mm-hmm. in it but it it's um, but it's less prevalent because you have such a, an amazing dystopian and horrible brutal world and the first movie completely missed it i mean it looked like you were watching like oz right and uh the, the wizard of oz not you know not the prison the drama. prison drama yeah <laughs> so uh <laughs> and, and you're like oh my god they completely missed this movie and where the second one i think got the the franchise actually much more on track as opposed mm-hmm. to what it was supposed to be so we'll see what the next three uh two movies are
2: oh they're making two out of the finale yeah
0: the finale the the last book will be two uh will be two movies of um, course you got to stretch it out
2: that uh, was it. The same director across the series? No, uh-uh. no they, they they dumped switched. the
0: first one. Yeah. That was that was one of the reasons. Okay, um, because he, he completely missed the the point of the he, could, and he couldn't. He I don't think he was good at directing action either. The first director. No, no, no. Um, no. You could have stopped that sentence at directing. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, okay. Well, that is our episode, ladies and gentlemen. But um,
0: well, we do want to mention too Squarespace. We're actually getting a lot of swag, in that we'll actually be able to throw into um, the gift packs. And we like we said, we're converting a lot of our websites into Squarespace websites. And Graham, you did yours. Uh We got L.A. Podfest is going to Squarespace and the earbuds one when we build that will be in Squarespace. The thing that we love about it is that it's just easier. I mean, we've already gotten emails and tweets like, hey, thanks for getting us that 10 percent off. You know, we've been meaning meaning to make a website for a while, and we're getting emails too. And this kind of got us off our butts, and we actually finally made it, and it was easy and it was cheaper. So go in, save some money. I mean, you've been meaning to make a website. Why not do it now? And, you know, at least let us save you some money. Offer code CFN.
1: Check it out. And then anyone, you know, we appreciate the the stuff on Twitter saying, you know, hey, I. I've been using Squarespace, or thank you for plugging my website, or whatever. It's very cool. If you have a cool uh, website that you created with Squarespace, let us know. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll plug
0: it. Yeah, we've got a couple uh, couple episodes left, and if you do create your, and if it's any any peripherally related to film, we mm-hmm. will uh, we will profile it here as the Squarespace website minute. Boom. Coupon code CFN.
2: You should start doing that for us. Our, our show is also sponsored by Squarespace and has a Squarespace website. You right, should. Probably, probably Science. Probably Science. Go to
1: their website. How about that? Well, thank you very much, Matt Kirshen, for being on the show. Where can people find you and your podcast?
2: Thank you. Well, the podcast, as you've already so kindly mentioned, is Probably Science at ProbablyScience.com and on iTunes and all that kind of thing. Uh, you can find me at com and Twitter at Matt Kirshen. You'll probably get the spelling wrong, but if you sort of Google – english comedian matt and then the letter k and some sort of letters you'll get me k-i-r-s-h-e-n that's that's the that's the correct one but google's really weird and good at working that kind of thing out. <laughs> and then uh any tour dates coming up let me see i'm mostly geeking around um la at the moment i'll be at the bridgetown comedy festival in portland in may really, and then, who books that uh <laughs> oh this guy andy wood uh you know you might know him from a podcast called probably science <laughs> So he's involved in that. And then um, shortly after that, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh as well uh, at the end of May. Nice. Check uh, it out. So come along to those mattkirchen.com. Thank, Thank you so you much gentlemen. for having me, guys. Oh, happy um, to have you. This is great. Well, I will be
1: uh, headlining the Improv in Hollywood um, March 22nd at 8 p.m., and then also headlining Flappers in Burbank
2: March 30th. Chris will be on that Yeah, show that'll on be on great. 30th. Looking forward to that. Oh, I should, forgot to mention, I'm at Flappers... I'm headlining Flappers in Burbank this coming weekend. I Come probably on. should have said that, yeah. is that <laughs> you know, it's coming out this week? <laughs> yeah, it's coming out <laughs> yes. today.
1: All right. Um, yeah, so check those guys... Uh, check those shows out. Also, guys, um... We are setting up for earbuds. Anyone who's in the LA area, we're setting up two different Sundays to come in. And we just, anyone that wants to give your story about why you like podcasting, what podcast you listen to, how it's affected you. If on March 30th at the Hollywood Improv, which is 8162 Melrose Avenue, from 1 to 5 p.m. on Sunday, March 30th at the Hollywood Improv, come by.
2: We'll do a five, 10 minute interview with you. Um, and, uh, and you might get to be in a movie. You might be, get to be in a movie. Yes, well I was. I got to say I, again, as someone, I I know you guys are behind the LA Podcast Festival along with Andy um, and Dave as, Anthony and Dave Anthony, of course. But uh, as someone who's a participant in it and just watching what ha- like I was amazed by how many people. Firstly, how many people travelled across continents to come there, yeah, yeah, and just how how connected people are to this. So, like more than anything else, I've ever been involved in the comedy world like i've i've had a couple of occasions where i've been on high profile mm-hmm. tv shows that millions of people watch and or just doing regular live gigs or, t- or the other social media but it's weird podcasting more than any of those how people how much the people condition. feel like they know a bit of you mm-hmm. and they own a bit of the show mm-hmm. and vice versa and- yes it's
1: a, it's that's why it's, we're that's why we're doing that's why we're doing it and we really want to hear from you guys If you're in the LA area and we're going to do another one, then April 6th at Nerd Melt Theater. And that's, of course, from one to five as well. They're both Sundays. Uh, We did this because we were assuming most of you, you know, uh, that's when you'd have time off. Come by. It won't take much. We'd love to hear your story. We'd love to hear your story. It won't take much of your time. And um, yeah, improv March 30th and Nerd Melt on April 6th, both on a Sunday, both from one to five. So check those out, Chris. Anything else we need to discuss?
0: That was pretty much it. We do want to mention too: the um, you can still pre-order on the Comedy Film Nerd's website if you want to do a download or a signed DVD, as well as a custom donation. You just want to throw in five, ten bucks, or whatever, because mm-hmm. you know we're starting to write checks for production insurance and everything else. Mm-hmm. Every everything you pre sale or uh, or spend on the website, we will use for the film and it will help us get to some of these other more remote locations. Oh yeah,
2: my CD's on Amazon and iTunes, I forgot that. CD's. (laughs) I'm really bad at plugs, I'm very bad at selling myself. I'll remember something else afterwards that I can just send you an audio (laughs) file you can link in. (laughs) Sure, we'll just
1: drop in an mp3 of you plugging. Yeah, Um, Yeah, and if there's any rich people out there that want us to go to Japan donate or email us or denmark
0: or denmark yeah if you want us to come to denmark we'll we'll go
1: go to to the uk you got money if you say look here's 15 grand you can
0: only use it to go to bulgaria we might still say no 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 are you kidding me we're going to bulgaria
1: (laughs) um we're gonna get a a bulvanian panda yeah um all right that's our show thank you once again to Matt at thank you very much guys Uh, oh can i just plug no no, jesus (laughs) christ um uh all right, that's our show. My name is Graham Elwood.
0: I'm Chris Mancini, and as always remember Han Shot First. first. Don't say Kickstarter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: ears.